Welcome to the National Native Network podcast series. Today we're presenting our webinar archive titled Strategies to Reopen Tribal Casinos 100% Smoke-Free from May 15th, 2020. To view the webinar video and additional resources, please visit our website, keepitsacred.org, and click the Resources tab and the Webinar Archive tab. Please enjoy our presentation. Good morning and good afternoon. Hello, I'm Joshua Hudson with the National Native Network at the Intertribal Council of Michigan. Welcome to today's webinar that's hosted by the National Native Network, and we've partnered with the Americans for Non-Smokers Rights Foundation, the Black Hill Center for American Indian Health, and the Southwest Navajo Tobacco Education Prevention Project to present strategies to reopen tribal casinos 100% smoke-free. There will be no CEUs offered for this webinar. We encourage questions and comments. So if you look at the screen, you will be able to, um, there's a screenshot of the GoToWebinar panel. So please feel free to enter questions for the presenters. And if you have a specific question for a specific presenter, please note who they are when you're seeking an answer. And this is the script at the bottom of the screen says, this mural was created from community members and stories on their vision on what health and traditional tobacco looks like in their communities. We worked with artists Mario Henriquez and Greg Deal. This mural is at the Minneapolis American Indian Center. This project was funded and supported by Clearway, Minnesota in collaboration with the Native Youth Alliance of Minnesota and community members. Opening today's webinar is El Yazi. El is with the Southwest Navajo Tobacco Education Prevention Project. Over the past few years, he's worked closely with the Navajo Nation, including distinct spiritual groups on the vast Navajo Nation. Yate, welcome. We're happy that you're all on the webinar with us, relatives from all four directions. I'm gonna say a short prayer and humbly speak to our great, great spirit and ask for guidance. And that um, our great tobacco, our spiritual tobacco is given respect again throughout the nation so that we could only use that for prayer. So I'm gonna proceed with my prayer right now. <laughs> เดนิคาตอลตอลอาโดตแอโกนิจอาตีเดปานเตตินีนัตโอนัตโอตียินีนัตโอเปอินนาสตานะจอนอเปเปฮัสอานิควานอคายนะคาตอนิสอาโด
Clinton is a health consultant and works closely with tribal communities throughout the country. Hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Clinton Aisham. I'm an uh, enrolled citizen from Lac de Flambeau, which is a uh, Ojibwe reservation in northern Wisconsin. I'm an independent consultant currently working with American Non-Smokers Rights Foundation. Um, just a little bit of background about this webinar and how it came to be. Um, with the support of American Non-Smokers Rights Foundation, um, I've been helping create some mini videos that are intended to show the benefits of tribal casinos reopening smoke-free. When we finished our first video, which we'll show on this uh, webinar in a, uh, later on, um, we had a conversation with some tobacco advocates, tribal tobacco advocates around the U.S., and um, we talked about the need to, um, to disseminate these resources to tribal leaders, to elected gaming, to elected tribal leaders, and also gaming leaders and decision makers. Um, and so our idea was to have a webinar where um, we can discuss strategies for dissemination. Um, so the questions that we were um, hoping to discuss and have action items around today are like how, you know, what are the best ways to communicate with your tribal leader? What is the best way to communicate with um, your, your uh, gaming decision makers and uh, your respective tribal casinos in your area? And so um, we're going to have a number of uh, speakers that um, will help discuss um, kind of action items and um, very concrete steps on how to do those types of things. But I think the last thing that I wanted to mention is that um, I, I know there is an urgency for um, finding steps to best protect the, the health for tribal people um, in the wake of COVID-19. And we have um, throughout our history, a lot of different uh, pivotal moments in, in, in time that, um, that there's, there's these things of sense of urgency in tribal communities. A couple of years ago, um, there was a huge movement, the No Dapple movement in North Dakota. Um, so the list goes on and on. And I think the real purpose of this call too is to, just to energize people and, and have you leave with this sense of urgency that um, we, we must communicate this with our tribal leaders, um, these resources that we're going to share with you guys in your own voice that we need to reopen these tribal casinos smoke-free, not only for the health of our tribal people, but we know that, that um, there are many, many, many benefits uh, financially as well and that our tribal casinos could earn more money, and that means uh, more money into tribal programming and uh, that programming to, that goes to education and health and so many things. And so we're here to support tribal casinos. That is our goal. We want to support tribal casinos reopening, and uh, we want them to earn as, as much uh, or even more uh, revenue than they were when they were closed. And so. I think um, if, if we were to leave uh, with anything, I think that is uh, the, the point of urgency I would like everybody to leave with is um, uh, reach out with these resources, communicate with your tribal leaders, and um, we're gonna talk about uh, steps on how to do that. And then also 
have a discussion with all, all the attendees to um, kind of present your own ideas and share your ideas and also uh, an opportunity to ask the different attendees uh, questions that you have. So uh, thank you to all the attendees. Thank you to the organizers of this uh, webinar and um, miigwech. Miigwech and thank you, Clinton. As always, we're happy to have you as part of our forum. Our next guest is with the Ho-Chunk Nation of Wisconsin. She's the Municipal Relations Coordinator with the Ho-Chunk Gaming Madison. The Ho-Chunk Nation owns and operates three Class Three primary gaming facilities and two Class Three ancillary casinos. Ho-Chunk Gaming Madison is their only dedicated Class Two gaming enterprise. In simple terms, Class Two gaming is players playing against one another, as in bingo. Class Three is a patron playing against the house, as in blackjack. Missy, thank you for being with us today. Tell us about Ho-Chunk, a tribal nation, and their decision in going smoke-free in their tribal casino at Madison. My understanding is that it was based on a survey? Hello, yes. Uh, first, I just wanna say um, hello and thank all of the participants for joining in uh, on this webinar. Um, and I am uh, not only honored, but delighted to be here uh, to speak uh, to the experience um, of going smoke-free. So in November of 2014, we surveyed our guests and that began because we had heard uh, rumblings from our, our guests about the smoke-filled environment. So our executive manager, Daniel Brown, uh, put out a survey to find out, just to take the temperature of our clientele. And what we found out was very surprising. It was uh, exactly the opposite of what we thought we were going to see. Um, the results indicated that it was a prime time to transition to a smoke-free environment. Um, although there wasn't a crisis going on, um, it was a wonderful opportunity, as I believe the one that we are uh, currently in now. But what we found out was that 70% uh, of our clientele was in favor of us going smoke-free. Um, what we thought would have been the reverse, that 30% would support this initiative and that 70% would, uh, would not be in support. But we were pleasantly surprised. So our process was um, our executive manager, uh, Dan Brown, met with our tribal leadership of our tribal government uh, our president, our legislature, and our executive director of business to engage their support in what we wanted to do at Ho-Chunk Gaming Madison. Um, once he had their, their uh, full support, um, he met with our casino management team, which I forgot to mention, they were also part of this, um, encouraged this process going forward. So once he he uh, had the support of the tribe, uh, the tribal government, he then came back to the our casino management team for a careful and in-depth discussion on how to implement this. Um, 
and that was, as I said, the survey was done in November of 2014. Um, so in June of 2015, we notified our guests of the upcoming change. And on August the 1st of 2015, we went smoke free. Wow. Okay. Thank you, Missy. So the argument by many tribal casinos is that making casinos smoke free will grossly reduce their earning power. Casinos will lose revenue, patrons, and have less business. And so that may have happened at Ho-Chunk Madison, but could you explain just a little bit more about that? Sure. So um, initially, uh, for the first 90 days, we took a dip. Um, but we stayed the course. Anytime you're going to implement something of this, uh, of this magnitude, um, you really need to stay the course. Um, and lo and behold, by the 15th month, uh, we exceeded our revenue um, uh, for the of the previous year. Um, and surprisingly, our headcount went down, but our coin in was up. Um, and I am so proud to say we now lead our nation um, out of all of our facilities um, in net revenue generation. In fact, Things went so well with our smoke-free effort that um, last November the 4th, uh, we went vape-free as well. And just if I could just really quickly mention some financial benefits um, to consider, uh, which we realized were um, providing a smoke-free environment, um, especially now, I'm sure that uh, casinos all over the country are, um, putting, uh, they're trying to sanitize um, and disinfect their facilities. Um, and, you know, going smoke free, that helps to maximize that investment. And I'm sure for all of us right now, every dollar, every penny counts. So that's one way of maximizing that investment. Um, and it also provides a, uh, a smoke-free environment, a, attracts a different type of non-smoking clientele. Uh, you know, presumably they might have more disposable income as they're not spending their money on tobacco, commercial tobacco products. Um, so just that kind of speaks to why we saw a drop, a reduction in our headcount, but uh, the type of clientele that we attracted by providing that smoke-free environment. And we also realized the cost savings on our air filtration system because it lessened the frequency of changing the air filters on our HVA systems. Also, our, uh, uh, our gaming floor staff, um, there were not many needed to be put out on the floor uh, because there were no ashtrays to clean uh, or no tar and nicotine residue to remove. Um, and also uh, providing a healthy smoke-free environment, it minimizes illnesses um, and thus doctor visits uh, where reducing the health insurance costs and also abs absenteeism of your staff, um, not having to re reschedule and uh, move people around. Um, and and the, my last point that I'll make is that we did, we do offer a outdoor totally separate climate controlled smoking hut 
which is detached from the casino building. Uh, it's not attached to the dwelling structure at all. Um, and it wasn't that expensive to implement. Um, and it, it, it turns out it's not a major inconvenience for guests to go outside and utilize that facility. And, you know, we, we were able to do it for um, uh, pretty, pretty uh, inexpensive costs because we constructed our, our maintenance folks built that structure for us. Um, but yes, so a lot of things to consider uh, when looking at the financial reasons to do this. Okay, thank you, Missy. I did have um, one more follow-up question that I wanted to ask. So um, I live in my tribal community and I know that um, we have a fair amount of elders who smoke. And so how have the elders in your community um, taken this move? They, uh, they are very happy with that because we are able to provide them a smoke-free, clean, healthy environment to uh, enjoy their recreational activities. And many of them do enjoy coming out to the casino and playing and socializing uh, with other tribal members, uh, our tribal members on staff. Um, so they were really supportive of this. And, you know, especially for the elders, they can stay in the, the, the casino much longer than if they were in a smoke-filled environment. It's much easier on their health, uh, on their, health their heart, their lungs. Um, so it, it just is pleasant for everyone all the way around. And I think that uh, folks will find that even smokers uh, don't will agree that that's a much more pleasant environment to enjoy playing and gaming and socializing. Okay, thank you, Missy, for being with us today. Um, please give our regards to the workers at Ho-Chunk Madison who are leading the nation with their smoke-free tribal casino. Thank you. Our next guest is Herschel Clark. Herschel is a graduate with a master's in public health from the University of Arizona, and he works with the Southwest Navajo Tobacco Education Prevention Project. Herschel, please share with us about engaging with tribal leaders and coalitions. All right, th thank you, Joshua. Um, first of all, I'd just like to thank everybody for um, participating and really just um, engaging with this initiative with our people throughout Indian country. I think this is a really strong public health movement for not only just our tribal communities, but our nation and worldwide when we talk about secondhand smoke exposure. So thank you, I appreciate it. <clears throat> so today I'd just like to just share, you know, some of the things that we've done with our Southwest Naval Tobacco Education Prevention Project. We're located here in Winslow and our service areas is really just with the, with the Navajo Nation. Um, so when we begin to think about, you know, who we want to engage with our message, um, you want to identify partners that your program or organization works closely with. Uh, for example, with our office, we work closely with our traditional healers and grassroots organizations on the Navajo Nation and really just uh, engaging with them, um, just identifying I guess, first of all, just identifying your program, you know, who are your partners? Um, who are your partners that you could reach out in regards to this initiative and sharing this information with them? And I, and I think it's really um, key to get their perspective and, and their views on, 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 on secondhand smoke exposure within our tribal casinos. Um, and, and I always advocate for cultural uh, perspectives because when it comes to tobacco control in Indian country, we all know that we have a 
very unique relationship to the plants, to the herbs, and then just the stories and in the cultural context that we have. It's it's a little different from prevention and education um, activities or, or, or ways of doing it from from a non-native perspective. So that, that's kind of like how our program is really um, really engaging with the community on that level, the people's perspective or native people, and just just continuing on. You know, also just. Um, <clears throat> Just, just um, looking at grassroots in your own communities, um, identifying organizations, um, just a few of them that I would, I would recommend um, throughout Indian country. We all know there's a, a significant uh, amount of powwow organizations. Um, these consisted of dancers, singers, and I think just through our experience, there, there is a lot of, um, um, a lot of these dancers and singers would support this initiative because you know, they're all about health. They're all about giving back to the community, praying for them, and, and just really giving that, that natural balance to our people. And I think this would be something that, that they could move with as well. So just reaching out to, to some of their power organizations um, and also Indian, Indian Rodeo Association. Um, I know a lot of our, our Native American tribes and individuals are becoming professionals in this area. And I think Indian Rodeo Association is, is, a, is a good partnership, um, individuals who are professionals that could really support in, in, in helping with this initiative. So just identifying who is, um, you know, who are these individuals within these professional realms and also sports too as well. I think that's something that we really um, gravitate around um, Indian country, um, especially basketball. And I, I would really recommend identifying individuals that you could probably reach out to in your own communities to really help with this initiative. And then we also have our religious groups. We have the Native American Church of um, North America. They, they comprise, from our experience, they have over 200 organizations throughout Indian country. And these organizations would really bring that cultural perspective and really have a, a large following too as well. So just really reaching out and identifying the key individuals from these, these organizations. And also just, you know, just not only just talking about organizations, there's also key individuals in the community, such as spiritual leaders, local leaders, that really could uh, engage with this, um, this initiative and just sharing just resources and um, kind of getting a, a good dialogue with them and how they could really um, share this information back into the community. So just really using that community-based participatory uh, approach when it comes to um, engaging our, 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 our leaders on the, on a local level too as well. <clears throat> and then also identifying not only community or grassroots perspectives, but it's also critical to understand our own tribal health programs. Uh, what type of tobacco programs do we have? Or if we even do have any, I know some tribes do not have any tobacco programs, but I think it's also just, just exploring other programs underneath the tribal governments that will be interested in this initiative, um, there's such thing as tobacco programs with um, behavioral health, health education programs, and then just reaching out to um, really trying to identify the managers, the staff, um, the, the people who are within these um, um, programs that you could reach out to. Um, so just really identifying your, your, your tribal health programs is really important as well. And then there's also the Indian Health Services, the 638s, um, the Indian Health Boards, these the individuals. And a lot of the information is really just on web too as well. And that's some, some of the things that we've done. And I'll share how we reached out to them. And, and But I'm just going to go down the list of how you know, people identifying partners that could really help move forward with this. And then um, 
For example, we've reached out to the Navajo Nation Department of Health with all their managers and supervisors. We send you know numerous emails out to them. Just you know, even though I know a lot of our our, our health departments right now are currently um, addressing the COVID-19, but I, I think it's really just important just to share this information with them, just to kind of link them in in, in regards, maybe one of their staff members will be able to pick it up, um, but just continue just to engage with them at that level too as well. And then also um, some of the experience that we had, um, we reached out to the universities um, as a former universe, uh, a student from the University of Arizona in Arizona State University, I was able to kind of reconnect with some of my colleagues and professors or individuals at, at the university and kind of share what we were doing. And, you know, they have a whole new, a whole different network among universities as well that could reach out to the students that'll be interested. So I would really um, uh, encourage um, some of our, 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 our people um, to really just reach out to these universities and you know, share 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 this initiative with them, and, and maybe they could share among their their network as well. Um, and also, your state health departments. One of the things that we've done is we reached out to some of our partners at the state level, and really trying to just gain their support as well. And I really think this is a unique opportunity not only for the tribes to reach out to the states. But it's also um, really a unique uh, relationship that we could build with the state health departments to support this effort. And I only say this because, you know, public health in regards when we talk about um, ways to address secondhand smoke, and we all think about this and we kind of, you know, you kind of kind of think about where the environment of secondhand smoke is actually at, you know, these days. And primarily where we see it is in tribal casinos, our state casinos, our private casinos. So when we talk about secondhand smoke on a, on a on a not just on a tribal state or you know federal level globally you know it's really in these casinos so just getting their support in, in regards to what we're doing as well as reaching out to them and identifying key individuals within the, the state departments is also important as well um, and also just you know some of the departments that we reached out to through our experiences. Um, you know, the tobacco programs, the chronic disease programs, um, Ashline is, is a really good network as well. Health education um, and then youth coalitions. Um, so one of the things that we've done with our, with, uh, here on the Navajo Nation is um, we reached out to our state partners. We're part of this um, Students Taking a New Direction Youth Coalition. It's a anti-youth coalition on tobacco. Um, so we reached out to all 36 of our partners just sending them information of how they could you know just help in our initiative just sharing sharing our links sharing our flyers and if they would like to participate just in, engaging with them a little more so i really would um, really encourage you to include the youth to be involved in this initiative too as well and i think we all have you know you know some areas that we could um we all have our our, our connections to the youth in some different ways and also the nonprofit organizations that could also assist in this effort, um, such as American Lung Cancer, or American Lung Association, um, CDC, NIH, NARCH, Campaign for Tobacco Kids, um, Intertribal Council Association for each state, National Congress for American Indian Council, and of course, um, American Non-Smoker Rights and, and, and a National Native Network. Um, I think there's a a huge amount of organizations that we could reach out to in, in different regional areas and, and also nationally too as well. So I would encourage 
um, just to really identifying um, partners that you could really share this information with. But I, I like to go into um, identifying effective strategies to, to reach our communities. Um, as we all know right now, the best effective strategy to share information is really just through social media. And I think that's been one of our, our key uh, success stories um, through our initiative here on the Navajo Nation. Um, just to share a little bit, we actually had a radio forum. <clears throat> I don't know if, Josh, if you could go to the next slide. So one more back to the, to the slide. Okay, so this slide right here shows our radio forum that we had a couple uh, on May 6, which is a couple, I think, weeks ago. And we really uh, marketed this through, just through social media. Um, and also just, um, um, if you could see our Air is Life um, Youth Coalition group, um, our web is right there on the right side. And it, it's really interesting how social media, we all know how effective it is in just relating to messages. and. I think roughly before we started this initiative, we had roughly only just 400 friends that we had on our on our on our Facebook post, our page. And then after after the KTNN radio forum, our our friend requests just went up like just increased significantly. Where I can't even manage the the number of friends requests that we're getting now. I think we're almost close to 2,000 friends, and that's only just within a week span since we had our radio forum. So I think the most effective way, of course, is just through social media. And if you guys, some organizations don't have um, a social media right now for this initiative, I think it would be really interesting to just start up a, a, a Facebook post, um, a Facebook um, page and, and just share um, this initiative. And we would be willing to share our resources and, and information as well. So social media is, is one of the most effective ways and also emails. Um, I, I think since our radio forum and then also this um, webinar, I sent probably over 500 emails um, to our partners, people who I was able to identify through through web through through the internet, looking at um, you know just just googling some of these organizations, finding their contacts, their emails, and just sharing this webinar information. So I think emails is is one of the most effective ways as well. And also just when you when you just share this information, it's also sharing resources, educational materials, not which includes the flyers. Um, and then one of the things that I was able to do is develop a template letter for for some organizations such as our student youth coalitions with they were wanting to kind of understand like how can we reach out to our tribal gaming or tribal leaders. So we developed a, a template letter that we could send to tribal leaders, really just explaining just what this effort is for them to reopen and also sharing what secondhand smoke is, what is the dangers of it, just a small little, uh, just a brief paragraph on that as well. And, you know, we'll be able to send these out to our, our tribal gaming, our CEOs and the, the board members as well. So that's another effective way is just sending letters through emails as well. Um, so, I guess uh, I'll go ahead and go down to it, uh, disseminating information on why 100% smoke-free is important. Um, I'm sorry, I think I lost. Joshua, can we go to the next slide, please? So 
So when it comes to engaging with our tribal leaders, um, I think the first thing is just identifying who our tribal leaders are, from our council members, um, to our president, to our vice presidents, to first lady, to second lady, and really just um, trying to get a scope of, of who, who our leaders are on these tribal communities. And I think for Arizona, there's about 22 tribes in, uh, in the state of Arizona, and they all have their own different um, government structure with their council, their president, their vice president. So I think the most um, effective way is just looking at their website. I think that's one thing that we did is looking at the website, looking for their contacts. All their contact information is there. And when you send out information to these individuals, it's best to also um, CC, include their staff members. Um, that's one thing that I did that I saw. You know, I know their leaders are probably all, all busy, but I think if you include their staff members in their emails, um, some, in, in some way, hopefully they will get the message. Um, so that's another effective way. And also contacting our tribal gaming leaderships. Um, right now we're, we're in a mix of just um, reaching out to our, our tribal gaming board members um, and then also the CEOs and managers, identifying who, who, who is the managers, um, how do we contact them, I think through webinar or through the web, their, their gaming websites is, is good information on that as well. And also National Indian Gaming Association leaders, um, the website, they also have a lot of their email contacts and all their information that we could reach out to them as well and just sharing this information with them. And then also the regional um, uh, organizations from underneath uh, National Indian Gaming Association, I, I understand they have their own regional um, entities underneath the, the overall Indian Gaming Association. So really just contacting them as well. Um, and also just, you know, I could go on and on and on, but I think one of the, the things that we've done as, as well is that we're gonna be exploring is contacting your state representatives and congressional leaders as well, and just sharing this information with them. And I think, um, I think the most thing that we, we say on our side is just really just encouraging and giving them information and the resources it's not really advocating for any policy or anything like that it's really just encouraging them to reopen giving them the education giving them the resource and informing them of, of the importance of this health uh, public health initiative so those are some of the um you know i guess leaders or organizations that you could identify within your own tribal community or your state um, and the most effective way, like I said, is just email, uh, social media, newspaper outlets, um, and also just their websites, um, Facebook, um, develop a, and then also I like to share also one of the things that we did is uh, we also did a poly with our, with our people really wanting to know just one simple question that we asked them was, do you, do you support your, our, our Navajo casinos? reopening as smoke-free after the COVID-19. Just a simple question that we had, and we sent it out to through social media, and there was a, a really good response. Uh, I think our, our numbers show that 85% of our people um, did support that the reopening of our casinos to be 100% smoke-free. So that's out of, I think we're at almost 250 um, people who took part in that survey as well. So poly data information is really, good information to share with your tribal leaders as well. Um, I guess so just in conclusion, there are a lot of resources and organizations that we could connect with and 
share this with and we just need to identify um, these potential partners on and all you know all the way down from the community level to your tribal governments to the state and federal levels you know all all these organizations and individuals are very important and most important is just to continue to educate our people in general on the importance of this public health information so but thank you i look forward to anybody who would like to connect with us and we'll definitely share some resources with you guys as well thank you joshua thank you herschel engaging with tribal communities and leaders is really vital and i'm really glad to hear the response that you've been receiving from the navajo people now we will transition back to clinton and let clinton discuss some projects that he's been working on and then we will video afterward thank you uh herschel and missy um thank you so much for all the information um i wanted to um mention that we have been working on these uh, mini videos to share with tribal leaders and tribal citizens about the benefits of reopening smoke free um, they've been getting a lot of attention on social media so social media definitely works um, they've been um, i was actually um, did an interview with indian country today yesterday about these videos and so um, i asked patty who is the anchor um, she's hopi where she found this information or watched the videos because i'm not friends with her on facebook and she said somebody sent it to her so these are definitely getting around this information is getting around and um i think tribal leaders are already i mean even without this information i think they're already considering the idea and so i think us sharing more information kind of solidifies it and pushes um that idea that yes this is uh something that uh, is possible and something that we can do. And um, I just want to announce real quick, I, I was looking on the news thing and I, I'm keeping track of tribal casinos that are going smoke-free and I'm from Wisconsin. It's very, um, it hits home to me to hear of any tribal casinos going smoke-free in Wisconsin, but Oneida Nation of Wisconsin just announced that their casinos are going to reopen smoke-free. They have two one in Green Bay and then one outside of Green Bay in Oneida Nation. And so it's very exciting. There's three casinos in Washington, tribal casinos that are reopening smoke-free and two casinos in California that are tribal casinos reopening smoke-free. So this work is definitely, um, the, 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 the idea is definitely out there. And I think we just need to give it a final push so that, um, there could be more of a domino effect and um, these tribal leaders and elected leaders and gaming officials um, can really see that uh, this is what the people want. The time is now. And um, I, I want to go into sharing the uh, one of the videos and then we're going to leave it up for a discussion. And um, we have uh, Josh shared that there's a question box um, in your control panel for your webinar feel free to start um, putting questions in there um, and asking your questions while this two minute video is going and once this video has ended we'll open it up for discussion we'll answer some questions and uh, we'll go from there thank you thank you clinton uh, now we will watch this video
Dear Tribal Gaming Leaders, Dear Tribal Gaming Leaders, Our world will never be the same post-COVID-19. The public expects clean air and healthy spaces. They will seek experiences that do not jeopardize their health. Tribal casinos can meet public expectations with one simple change. Reopen 100% smoke-free. Consider the cost savings of going smoke-free. The casino spends less money on air filters, zero hours spent removing tar and nicotine residue from machines and cleaning ashtrays, fewer employee sick days from secondhand smoke illnesses, and a drop in health insurance costs from fewer employee doctor visits. It is proven that smoke-free tribal casinos earn more revenue. Patrons play machines longer at smoke-free casinos, and smoke-free casinos attract diverse clientele with higher disposable income. Maximize the investment made to deep clean, disinfect, and sanitize the casino when the casinos closed due to COVID-19. Maximize your revenue. And embrace a healthier world. Now is the time to go smoke-free. Please reopen Casino Smoke-Free. Please reopen Casino Smoke-Free. So this is one video of a few, right, Clinton? Yes. Um, our second video that we just released a couple days ago is on health benefits of tribal casinos going smoke-free. Um, I was presuming that a lot of the attendees on this webinar would have uh, understanding uh, around secondhand smoke and the um, health risks imposed to those exposed to secondhand smoke. So. Um, I think, and I, I think people have a general knowledge of it, um, but we wanted to share this financial um, benefits of going smoke-free because I think this is the real message that we wanna get out there too, is that um, we wanna be supporting these tribal casinos and um, we want them, as soon as they reopen, we want people to, 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 to go into these casinos and to, to play and to have a good time and not worry about their health. And, um, I, I truly believe that happens um, by providing a, a healthy, clean environment that is smoke-free, and um, and I think a lot of casinos know that too, and so they're they're starting to reopen smoke-free, and um, so yeah, um, so that's what the second video is about. Um, we can open it up for uh, a discussion with any of the attendees that are on. Do you have any questions for uh, Missy Tracy, who's the casino man, who's the uh, who works at the uh, Ho Chunk Gaming Madison Casino? Uh, for Herschel Clark, um, for myself. So we actually do have some questions. Um, I did just want to ask a couple quick questions, and I will also read some of the questions that have come in. 
Um, so how do you engage with tribal gaming if they previously had no interest in making their facilities smoke-free? How would you approach them? And that's not just for Clinton, that's for any one of our panelists who feel like chiming in. I could go. Um, yeah. Go ahead. I'll go ahead, Herschel. Oh, no. Okay. I, I guess um, just I think just from our experience, uh, one of the things that we approach is, you know, just just being very 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 respectful um, to our tribal leaders in the gaming industry. And I think one of the effective ways we, we did is really just sharing data from the people's perspective that this is what the people want. It's not us, you know, kind of you know. I hate to say it, it's kind of like they think we're nagging them or you know pushing them or forcing them, but it's really just relating that information from what the people are saying, um, using that data in, in the most effective way, and sharing and just being being respectful. Um, if some of the leaders don't want to hear us, it's okay. Just 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 kind of just brush that off and just be like, okay, we'll go to the next leader um, because they're all not going to support this, of course. Um, but as Jen just um kind of brushing the scope of your leaders and identifying which ones would be supportive and then really just engaging and, and continuing that engagement with that individual or that tribal leader that's what we, we found throughout the years um, i think our organization has been advocating for the last 15 years for smoke-free casinos um and then throughout the, the time the leadership has changed uh, numerous times and we, we kind of just continue just to engage with leaders that would support us and hopefully they could share that that information with their colleagues as well so it's it's, it's it gets very political but i think it's just just relating to the information from the people's perspective it is it been has been effective for us i i want to point out um i think another really effective way um is the comment cards at the tribal casinos or if there are um any types of reviews that the tribal casino has online, um, the managers really pay attention to those. Um, I think Missy kind of alluded to that in her conversation that they were starting to get comments on it and then they went forth and did a survey. Um, so I think a, a really good idea is to look on your uh, tribal casino's website. They might have a, like a leave a review or uh, leave us feedback option and um you could you know post your feedback or write them a message in there maybe i can uh, just say a few words real quick another thing is that we need to educate our people all the indigenous tribes for example navajo we've been saying that uh, in order you know that the casinos they're tribal businesses their tribal enterprises and they get the uh, uh, the, the, the leeway to, to do those without tax. So in their charter, every one of the Navajo tribal enterprises, it starts out by saying that this business belongs to the people. So we need to educate our people saying that that's yours, that's ours, every one of it, that's ours. We need to have a say. Okay, thank you. Thank you, everyone. Um, I wanted to put a plug out. Um, there is a Facebook page called Native Tobacco Leaders. Um, please go like it on Facebook and feel free to share successes there. Um, there's a note that 
Um, Standing Rock Youth Council started the community surveys for smoke-free casinos. Um, there's a question, and this is for all the panelists. What are social media platforms that you're using? Instagram, Twitter? Um, they're asking if you have a number. They're trying to find where they can follow all of you. So the National Native Network, we use Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Um, and so you could search Keep It Sacred on all of those platforms and you'll be able to find us. But on Instagram, our handle is NNN, at NNN Keep It Sacred. But Clinton, Dr. Henderson, Crucial. I, I, uh, I use Facebook for communication right now. Um, I wanted to let the attendees know if it, I don't know if it's possible, Josh, I know we have everyone's email. We're going to send a resource list with these videos and um, I, I guess other pertinent information to kind of help with some talking points or resources that you could pass off to your tribal leaders when you have these conversations with them or when you write them in the email and uh, you want to send them information to kind of help support uh, what uh, you are uh, proposing or the, the, um, the conversation that you're having. Um, so. We'll definitely send that out if it's resources that everybody's looking for. There's interest from people about being sent information about uh, reopening casinos, because um, they're mentioning that uh, their casinos are set to reopen on June 1st. There's a question, um, I'm not sure who this was directed to, I'm guessing it was to Clinton, but it asks if you'd like a connection to the Saginaw Chippewa in Michigan. There is a comment from Tara Huska um, saying, awesome to hear that Oneida Nation is opening up smoke-free. We're glad that you were able to join Tara. Um, someone else mentioned that it's great news about Oneida Casino. Um, ask, and then they were asking if there's a news release about that that they can share. Yeah, I just put it on my Facebook page, the news link. Um, but when we send this resource page out, we will definitely um, have that included in there. But I guess it's shared on NBC26.com Green Bay. So go on NBC26 Green Bay. Google that, they should have a website, and then um, you could look for uh, wherever it says Oneida Casino to reopen phases starting May 26, that's the headline. Thank you, Clinton. Um, someone noted that the, that the Silletts Casino in Oregon also opened smoke-free, so that's another win. Um, here's a question that's for all the panelists. What barriers have you faced when trying to get casinos to go smoke-free? I know we've kind of addressed it, but here's another opportunity to share some more information. I could I could go first. Um, I think for our our for the Navajo Nation side, um, I think it's just our leaders really looking at it from a financial point of view, and then and then also having data um, because they they have their own data. From every time we, we do engage or talk with them, they do say that, that they have their own data and the data shows that if they do go smoke free, they're gonna really lose a lot of their patrons or visitors. Um, so we really need our, our own data. And I really like um, 
what Clinton mentioned and some of the other initiatives that really just looking at it, um, the gaming VIPs doing doing our own um, in-house um, surveys with our with our members of these of these gaming industries. Um, I think that's something that would be really valuable, and it's been a challenge really trying to get um, asking those questions within our tribal our tribal casinos uh, with our leaders. I think that's something somewhat of a barrier. And, Yeah, I, I, I'll add that um, it's it's difficult to uh, talk with gaming managers, especially um, with them being so busy, and um, we it's 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 somewhat of a challenge. Uh oh, I think someone's not on mute. Um, but I want to add um, with all of these tribal gaming these new tribal gaming uh, casinos that are reopening smoke three, it's really pivotal that we as supporters of this congratulate them and um, really recognize what they just did. It is so important and um, it is so beneficial to people's health. So if you guys know of a tribal casino that reopened smoke three, write them on Facebook, write the, the gaming manager, and um, tell other people, and um, we we really have to try to support these tribal casinos um, as much as possible at, at at this time, and especially um, as they're reopening Swamp Three. Thank you. Um, here's another question asking about if there's any support from tribal gaming associations or has anyone approached uh, NIGA, which is the National Indian Gaming Association or their regional Indian gaming associations to get them involved? From my understanding, um, from my understanding, if, if, if we wanted a tribal casino to go smoke free, you have to reach out to the gaming manager. Um, I've been through that road of reaching out to NIGA and reaching out to um, different boards and things like that, but I'm always redirected to talk with the tribal gaming managers specifically. I think it is, um, it's, it's those managers that are, are risking kind of, uh, or not, I don't want to say risking, but they are the ones making the decision and they're the ones that um, will be kind of, um, they're the, the, the main decision maker of this. And so um, I'm not sure, if, I mean, NIGA would be a great, it would be a great opportunity for them to share this message and share these resources with um, other tribal casinos. And if anybody is on uh, the attendees, if you're, if, if you're on NIGA or know people on NIGA, please send them these resources so that they can share them with their colleagues. Thank you. Um, here's a question directly for Missy. Great work and a great model to look at. Do you find did you find any opposition trying to counter the work of going smoke free, such as the tobacco industry? I'm sorry, what was the first part of the question? 
Um, so the first part was just kind of a congratulations on the great work and a great model to look at. Um, and then the question asked, did you find any opposition trying to counter the work of going smoke free, um, such as like from the tobacco industry? Um, no, because in our messaging, we were very clear that, oh, well, first off, let me back up a little bit. Um, in July of 2010, uh, the, the, uh, there was a smoke-free initiative enacted uh, in Wisconsin, and um, we remained a smoking facility until five years later. And when we came out with our messaging, what we said was that we are exercising our sovereignty um, and that we made the choice to go smoke-free of our own volition, not being mandated by anyone. So it was a true um, exercise of our sovereignty and an opportunity to educate folks. So I think that coming out with that, um, it kind of shot down anyone trying to oppose that, any you know vendors or anyone else. In fact, what we, we experienced was just a, a lot of support from our community, uh, tribal and otherwise. And um, I just want to comment that, yes, the, the, the comment cards are looked at um, very closely. And uh, we received nothing but positive uh, remarks. I mean, there may have been, you know, a couple here and there uh, in opposition, but again, financially, uh, our, we just didn't see the impact. Um, we didn't realize any negative impact from that once we got past that 90 days. Thank you, Missy. So that was our last question. We have a few more here in the queue um, that I will share with the panelists and we will include it on the webpage when we post the archive. So thank you all for those great questions. And now I'd like to introduce Dr. Patricia Nez Henderson to give some closing remarks. Good afternoon, my relatives. Um, all that are listening this afternoon, I really appreciate you taking the time to kind of listen to to everybody on this panel today. Um, it's just been wonderful working with them, organizing this event um, from the very beginning. Clinton just was so gung-ho about this, his enthusiasm for this, this initiative, right? This time and moment is so contagious that uh, as soon as we met with him, got off the call, we we're like, okay, what do we do? I mean, Clinton's so excited about this. We got to do something on Navajo Nation. So we, we started working um, very closely, like as Herschel described, with our partners, with our communities. The support is there on Navajo Nation. More than 85% of our Navajo people want a smoke-free casino. Um, as we've heard both from Missy and from Clinton, that it, this benefits the, the casino. Financially, it benefits them. But I think for me as a scientist, as a physician, I've been doing this work in public health, in this area of public health for more than, gosh, 20 years now. And it, you know, we're, we're at a really crossroads right now with our, with our communities. We have so many people suffering from COVID right now in our own tribal lands. Um, and, uh, it was just really, really unfortunate this is happening. And I, I think about that and, and, kind of framing, I guess, our next steps. 
that our health is so, so fragile, as we know, you know, you can be the healthiest runner out there, you know, and like I was and, and get hit with COVID, you know, and, and it just nails you, you know, your respiratory, you know, um, just fails in many cases. And so it's, it's just so important that we, we take our health very, very seriously. Um, and that's for, that's the reason for this webinar today is just kind of reframing it for ourselves that our, our, our health is sacred, our air is sacred. And then all of us on this call, just have, if you can just make that one call, you know, one email, one post on your Facebook, wherever it is, just urging our tribal leaders, our casino leadership to, to open up smoke-free. Um, you know, I'm sure if, if we do this all collectively together that we can really make a change. I just did this this morning on Navajo Nation's uh, gaming site. You know, it's very, they have this little area where you can provide comments. I just call them, I, I love going to your casino. However, I have asthma. And, um, and I can only stay in your facility for a short period of time. But if you were to open smoke free, I would definitely stay longer and I would go more frequently. So it's just that easy. And I encourage all of you to do that. Please take care of yourselves during this time. Take care of our elders, your elders, our, our children. And all together, we're, we're going to get through this very trying time for our people. And, I just I just want to end in that that we're we're all praying for each other, praying for you and uh, and for all my Navajo relatives that are out there. Thank you. Thank you for those closing words. Thank you all for dialing into our webinar today. There will be a archived version uh, populated on our website here in the next couple of hours, and you will receive a follow-up email from your attendance today with that link embedded. Thank you all. Have a good rest of your day and a good weekend. Um, and go in health and good peace. To view the full webinar video and additional resources, please visit our website, keepitsacred.org, and click the Resources tab and the Webinar Archive tab. Thank you for listening to this webinar archive presentation from the National Native Network.